Welcome back to the Rebuildable Podcast. I'm Matt Gentile alongside Drew Stevens. Later, we're going to have from CHGO Bulls, one of the best content creators in Bulls Nation, Big Dave Watson is going to join us, catch up on the Bulls, catch up on what's going on with him right now. But Drew, since our last episode, the Bulls go two and one, which is, you know, given all things considered, not bad with key wins against the shorthanded Wizards and a decimated Mavericks squad. And it looked like they were going to steal another one against the Atlanta Hawks on Sunday night, possibly go 3-0 and in this in this stretch, get a three-game winning streak. Because after Derrick Jones Jr. split a pair of free throws to send the game into overtime, Mar DeRozan gets fouled on a three-pointer in the final seconds of overtime. And that's that's rare, right? You don't see that happen a lot. He knocks down all three free throws, gives the Bulls a one-point lead with 0.5 seconds left. But damn those dreaded out-of-bounds plays, man. Sometimes if you don't defend them, they can come back to bite you in the butt. And the Hawks are able to advance it up the floor with a timeout. And they had the benefit of taking another timeout, assess everything that the Bulls had in terms of coverage. And they came back, lob, and win it at the buzzer and knock the bulls down to a two and one stretch. And now the bulls are 11 and 15 on the season. So kind of a a tough pill to swallow with that last game drew, but overall your thoughts in this three game stretch we've seen from the bulls. I mean, overall, you know, I'm I'm glad they took care of business uh, against the wizards and the Mavericks. You wish that their game against the Mavericks wasn't so close that they didn't need the big three to score 33 of their 35 fourth quarter points, but it is what it is. Um, they're able to get the win, um, pretty solid convincing, hammering win against the, the Mavericks, um, Saturday where they set a new first half record for points scored, um, set season highs and three pointers made and assists get seven players and double figures like it was it was the resounding victory that uh it should have been and that we thought we might see against the Wizards um still disappointing though because given some of the games they dropped early this season you know you saw this as a opportunity for them to get their first three-game winning streak of the season and you know it felt like the basketball gods were finally looking down favorably at the Bulls when Bogdanovich, you know, for whatever reason, fouled DeMar DeRozan. So when that happened and he hit those free throws, we were talking about this off air. I'm getting my tweet ready, like the Bulls finally got a three-game winning streak. And I don't know, I don't, I'm not even paying attention to the game at this point. And I look up and I see the score. I say, hold on, wait a second, what just happened? It was kind of rem- reminiscent of that Orlando game that they dropped um, with Jalen Suggs in the game winner for the Magic, and it just it 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 knocks a little bit of that that win out of the Bulls, out of Bulls fans and observers. You know, this team really needs to bank wins, and it felt like you know they could get their third straight win in that game. You know, you have two games coming up against the Knicks who are playing well. It's not to say that any game that the Bulls have or any opponent that they're going to see is one that they can take lightly, but you just felt like, okay, now we got some momentum going um, and we can start to kind of capitalize on a, on some soft spots in the schedule. But here we are, man. Just <laughs> Well, that that's the, that's the narrative. It's never going to be easy with the bulls. Just when you think you're about to turn a corner, it's like, 
you just get like popped in the mouth by somebody hiding behind that corner. So you have this stretch coming up. Uh, you know, we, we broke down. We like to do always that breakdown. Usually in five game intervals, we look at the schedule and these next two coming up against New York are very interesting and, and unique where you're doing a, a back to back at home against the Knicks who are ahead of you in the standings. So, I mean, Hey, I would love to split this. If you take both of them though, it does take that bad taste out of your mouth from Atlanta and could help you in terms of this positioning in the playoff p- picture and play in picture. So I don't know. I'd love to see that happen, but um, I don't know. I'm not counting on it. I'll take what I can get. If it's a split, I'll take it. That's kind of where I am too. I'm going in expecting them to split this two game weird home and home with the Knicks, um, you know, and, and hoping to be pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting. Like we said, this is a, a softer part of the schedule. They, there are some, some easier games coming to after New York. So you do hope they can kind of at least get some momentum going. And at the end of the day, you still want two and one in these last three games. You need a lot of luck. You needed to fight through it, but Hey, I know it's, I'm a broken record. It's the story of a, of a near 500 team. This is what you go through. Like it, if you're slightly above, slightly below 500, this usually is the narrative. You're going to, it's never easy. It's always going to be like pulling teeth. So, you know, we sit back, relax, and enjoy the roller coaster ride, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we don't have any other choice, man. They, this is the position that um, management has put this team in and the position that the team has put us as aver- observers in. So, I don't know, man. It's getting to the point where the most interesting part of this season is becoming what the front office may or may not do in response to the team's record and whether they are in the standings before the, the trade deadline. And again, going back to what we talked about the last pod, it all comes back to Lonzo Ball and, and the fact that if it doesn't look like he's going to be on the court before the trade deadline, that kind of, in my mind, it, it almost forces their hand if things continue to kind of go left yeah. um, with the Bulls. And it's, it's that's the weird thing because they're 11 and 15. They dropped some games we feel like they should have won. But it's like, man, they did have the hardest schedule. Zach was in and out of the lineup. Um, Caruso, Javante lately have been in and out of the lineup. So you want to try to give this team a little bit of grace, but it's just like they're in a position where we can't give that to them because things are so so tight, like for this team. We talk about it often, the margin yeah. of error. Razor thin. It's Razor so, thin. so thin for them. And and that's that's the battle that they're gonna be fighting, I feel like, all year. And you know, just before we let big Dave Watson here in a little bit, like you shared this uh report with me from Sportico today of you know the the value of the bulls has gone up right and that's the frustrating part of all of this is this situation that we're in now with the bulls could have been avoided if and i get it look they they took a big gamble with the roster they created but teams in the nba operate over the cap and it's okay to make little tweaks to this core you have now they chose not to and I think in some cases it's coming back to bite them where they, they didn't spend that little extra money maybe to enhance shooting on the roster, add more key role players on the roster. But, you know, it's I think that that adds a level of frustration to it a little bit, too. It but. does, for sure. And it's like 
we as we as you know observers of this team, anybody, you, you might not think that they're one or two players away. Um, you know, we never we don't know what's going on with Lonzo specifically or when he might come back. But just in the sense that the front office has poured into this team so much with the goal, the stated goal of getting better and winning now as opposed to later, you would think that, you know, the owners of this team would do their part in terms of giving giving them all the assets, everything they needed to try to make that happen. But, you know. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> it looks like Dave's joining us. So, Drew, why don't, you, uh, why don't you introduce our guest here? All right, Bulls Nation. Me and, and Matt are fortunate enough to have Big Dave Watson in the building with us, uh, covers the Bulls for CHGO Sports and is part of the C- CHGO Bulls podcast with Matt Peck, Will Godley, DeMarc K. We know that he has talked many a Bulls fan off the ledge plenty of time. <laughs> <laughs> Big Dave, how you doing, man? Man, peace, bro. I appreciate it. Um, everything's good, man. Uh, Matt, one, it's good to see you. Uh, Drew, man, congratulations to you, bro, on your new role with the Bigs and everything, bro. Congratulations you. to you on that, bro. That's that's a beautiful thing. Appreciate um, it. Yeah, man. I'm 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 happy to be here. I ain't seen my guy Matt in a minute. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I'm just happy to be here, bro. Well, it, it's definitely good to see you, Dave. I think you know, we we chat offline real quick. Like, it's it's definitely been more than a more than a year, almost two years since you and I last talked. And unfortunately, yeah. your record of of being the uh the one with the most appearances on the Rebootable podcast got passed by Salim Sirtawala. So fair, if, fair. You, if you want to take back the mantle, we're going to have to have you on a little more, I guess. But that's that's a joint got, effort. We got Hey, man, like I tell you all the time, any, anytime you ask me to come on, I'm on. Every single right. time you ask me, bro, I'm here. So, all right. Yeah. So Salim, Salim, he's coming for you. You heard that. <laughs> <laughs> now, Salim's super competitive, man. He's going to be on your show tomorrow, whether you're going to have one or not. <laughs> that's fair that's fair um before we get into the the bulls conversation though dave i wanted to to talk a little bit about this the new venture here with chgo because yeah. you know you had of course the run on uh bulls outsiders with uh nbc sports chicago um you know locked on bulls with matt peck and of course you know you had the the podcast with uh c-dub ball and you're, you're still doing episodes with with him it's you know not mm-hmm. as frequent i think as it was a while back but Mm-hmm. Um, this new venture with CHGO, I got to admit, I'm a huge fan of listening to the different podcasts, the bulls and, and bears ones are probably like the, the top ones I listen to. And I, I've noticed like looking at all the Spotify top podcasts from sports mm-hmm. fans in Chicago, these are, these are popping in on everybody's mm-hmm. top five. So it's really taking a nice stronghold in Chicago sports, but wanted to just ask you, how's that experience been with, with this new venture for you? Um, it, it doesn't feel real. Uh, I think that's about the best ways I can kind of say it. Like I keep waiting for like another shoe to drop or something. You know what I mean? Like some, somebody to tell me like, oh no, nah, we were just messing with you. Like this, this ain't for real. Um, it's been amazing, man. Like it's, it's been, it's been everything that I've ever wanted to really do. You know, I, obviously I didn't want to change how I looked. Um, I didn't want to take my hat off. I wanted to sit down and talk sports with people I like sitting and talking sports with. And I just wanted to do it when I felt like doing it. And I wanted to do it all the time. You know what I'm saying? And, and do it my kind of way and, you know, have that kind of 
um, creative control to, you know, be able to do what you want to do, you know, and say what you want to say and not really have those restrictions and stuff like that. I only found that, you know, when you do it yourself, you know what I mean? On a podcast, like, you go, like y'all platform, you just do it how you feel. I've never been uh, given money to do it how I feel. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So they're, they're giving me money to do it how I feel. And it's really, really awesome. And it's really incredible. And I, I mean, most people would say, you know, ah, the job is the job, you know, it's what it is. I, I can't, it's weird to even call it a job. You know, it's very weird for me to even just call it that, bro. Cause it's, it's, I really do, you know, love what I do. And it's just so much fun. Like I would be doing this anyway. I mean, you guys know that, like I would be talking bulls regardless, you know what I'm saying? And doing all that. So the fact that, you know, they want to put a camera in front of me and then have me talk to players and, <laughs> then send me the Vegas, you know what I'm saying, for Summer League to cover it, you know what I mean, and do stuff like that. And then, you know, go to the stadium, um, you know, with a bunch of Bulls fans and enjoy the game and stuff like that. Like, it's silly, man. Like, it's, it's real silly. Um, it's it's a blessing, bro. It really is, man. I, I feel real – I feel real blessed. I don't take nothing for granted on it. Um, my grind mentally hasn't changed about it at all. Like, I'm still on it. Um you mentioned ball like that. And that's one of the great things about having your own thing is you can do it when you feel like doing it. You know what I mean? So ball is just, it's starting again this week. It's coming back on this week. Um, it was just taking a break that I haven't taken in about what, 18 years <laughs> since we've been doing it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I never took a break doing that show ever. You know what I mean? I didn't take it. We just did it. And then I realized I hadn't. And I was like, shit, I never really just stopped. And so yeah, I just stopped for a little bit to breathe. And now I'm like, okay, I'm tired of breathing. <laughs> like, let's get back to talking, bro, and doing it like that. So we'll be back this week. But yeah, that that's not gonna stop. And hopefully CHGO can keep going, man. But it's to answer your question, man. Like it's it's been amazing. Yeah, obviously I don't know you personally. We never I've never had the pleasure of meeting you in person. Hopefully one day. Um but I'll be, I'll, hey, I'll be at the stadium Friday, bro. Come on. <laughs> Um, but I, I feel I feel comfortable saying that the, the the success that you've earned, that everything that's been given, not been given to you, but everything that's come your way is is well deserved and, and couldn't happen to a better person, man. Wow. Thank you, bro. I, man, thank course, you. Man. I appreciate that. Thank I'm you. A fan. I'm a fan, man, for sure. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, Matt yeah. used to tell me this kind of stuff, man. And <laughs> you know, and I'd be like, oh, man, you know what I'm saying? Like, but Matt was real sincere, you know what yeah. I'm saying, and things he you would know, tell me. I remember, I think the one of the last episodes you were on, I think it was the last episode you were on. I, I can't remember if we talked about it on the mic or off the mic, but I remember saying to you, like, I'm waiting for that moment where you get your own radio show. And that was what I said at that time. I'm like, oh, I, I could see you on yeah. 670 The Score one day. Yeah, and I remember that clearly. I remember, yeah. <laughs> and I remember you saying, like, hey, that's that's the goal. Like, yeah, I'd love to yeah. get to that point. But you know what? I think our the way that we consume a lot of sports content has changed. And I think podcasts are starting mm. to really take hold of that. And these daily podcasts are really starting to people do want to listen every day or even listen to three episodes you guys did earlier in the week on another right. day in the week. And you you kind of see how people have really taken to it. And I, I think, as I said earlier, you, you saw with all the top Spotify lists, it's definitely something that it's starting to become a mainstay in Chicago media. So you definitely got there. You definitely got to that point. And I, I know you're going to continue to to crush it. Like, yeah, man, I, to, to answer that part of it, like, I, I definitely remember that conversation because it was it was after the show. 
And it was like, you know what it was like, Drew? It was like your your dad like coming and saying we need to talk. You know what I'm saying? You're like, yo, what I do? You know what I'm saying? He just wants to tell you something cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like that. Like he was just like, all right, man. <laughs> he just got real for real with me. You know what I mean? It was like, bro, you know what I mean? Woo, woo, you good, all this and that. And I really think, you know, he was just telling me, just, you know, telling me I was, you know, how good he thought I was and I, how I should end up on radio and, and things like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, he didn't have to say these things to me. You know what I mean? He just, you know, felt the need to say them. And I was very appreciative of it. But oh. he was right. That was the plan was just to keep doing it until something. I, I just wanted to keep doing what I was doing. You know what I mean? And I didn't see a point in stopping it because I was, you know, I love doing it. So I just think the fact that he saw that, um, that early on, you know what I'm saying? in it was, was really, really cool of him to see, but, but yeah, man, like, even, you know, you, you guys know, like being in Chicago, like when your teams are doing well, you want to hear every single piece of everything about that team. I remember I was like that, especially about the bears. Like, when I was younger, bro, I just wanted to hear anything and everything about the Chicago Bear. I didn't care who was talking it. I wish I spoke. I wish I understood Spanish better because I would have listened to that podcast, too, if they were talking to the Bears. I wanted every piece of everything about the Bears. So to know there are tons and tons of other fans out there that feel the same way about all these teams. Um, it's, it's really cool, man, because, yeah, I could, I could talk Bulls forever. I could talk Bears forever. I could talk White, you know what I mean? I, yeah. Sports, whatever. We, we could do all this stuff all the time, Drew, so it's like that. That's One thing cool. I, I want to actually share, you know, Drew, it, it was Big Dave who told me what I, I think I've shared with you about how you, you see when, when teams are doing well, especially when the Bulls do well, how you see your numbers go way up. <laughs> like, it's insane <laughs> when you have a good team – or yeah. a big story like you see it they want to consume content like crazy yeah. um which you know hey right now they're not really doing that right now which <laughs> right, would be... right so drew's not seeing that but <laughs> he's like i don't know what you're talking about bro <laughs> yeah, what is this <laughs> no I'm, I'm i'm like you big day i just i got my head down i'm, I'm doing something that i enjoy doing like i said i'm very fortunate that that matt has brought me into the fold here um, yeah. So no matter what, I'm I'm just in in my pocket, man. Um, yeah, yeah. Opportunities. There's really no other way to no good way to segue here, other than for me to just ask you, man. Sure. Ever since Michael Pena came out with that article in the Ringer, where he basically mm -hmm. was talking about how the Bulls need to go ahead and just tank, they're the most depressing team yeah. in the league. The discourse around that has just continued to grow, and this two and one stretch that they just had particularly with the way they lost that game in, in Atlanta on, on Sunday, has done nothing to to quiet all of that. Mm -hmm. But I think we're at about the 21-month mark since Acme traded for Vucevic. So you can say that's, that was the point when they really started to, to make sweeping changes. Mm -hmm. Where do you stand in the whole tank, not tank, blow it up conversation. Um, do you feel like it's time for them to take a wrecking ball to everything they've done to this point? Uh, no. Um, I can't remember who asked me, when would I feel that way? And I said, if they were like 20 games below 500, then yeah, in that, you know what I'm saying? It's over. You know what I mean? Like, why, what are we doing? Um, to be, what are they, 11, 15? Yeah but to still be like two games out of like a six seed, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's why I'm not like, yeah, blow this up. You know what I mean? Everybody's not there yet across the NBA, Eastern and Western conference. 
there are only a couple teams setting themselves apart. I mean, the Celtics, the Bucks, um, Phoenix, you know, regular season wise, Phoenix is setting itself apart. Uh, and that's honestly about it. Like even Golden State hasn't, you know, gotten to that point yet. Um, they, they stink on the road. Um, you know, those teams, Philly is just starting to find their rhythm, you know, but they still haven't really truly found their footing yet. So you got teams like the Sacramento Kings who are like two, three games over 500, you know, you're looking at the Pelicans who, who are balling now, you know, doing their thing that a lot of people weren't picking, you know, to start the season. So you had Utah on a nice run for a while uh, until they realized they were Utah and they said they took, they took my man Lowry out, out the game for, you know, a couple games, you know what I'm saying? For his, for his injury or whatever. Um, so yeah, man, like right now for me, Drew, it's, it's treading water and you're, you're not whole yet at all by any stretch of the imagination are you whole and so i think they're treading water and waiting for the all-star break before they do anything um i don't think they're like well we need to make this move now because who are we chasing like everybody else is everybody's in a kind of a bunch like one two and three i guess because you could throw cleveland in there too um one two and three are like pretty like okay we got that everybody else is, is a bad week away from being out the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's kind of how they see it, even, you know, with the lack of three-point shooting, you know what I'm saying, even with the lack of interior uh, defensive presence and things like that, they're still there. They're still right there, and there's still a couple games to be a, you know, to be right back in the mix of things. So that's why I don't feel like they're in a blow-it-up mind state. So I don't, I'm not in a blow-it-up uh, mind state, especially after one year when you, when I just saw you go to the playoffs, you know, in the previous year, and I know why you're struggling, you know, I, I, it's not, I would say this, if, if it was a question like, man, why is this team not good? Then I'd be like, okay, we got to start over because you got this, 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 and it's still not working. All right, guys, start over. I know why you're struggling. You don't have Lonzo there. I know why you can't shoot. You don't have no shooters. You know, <laughs> like I get this. I, I see your problems. And so I'm waiting on them to see how they address those problems. And that's why I keep saying the all-star break. Now, if they don't address those problems, then then I can have that discussion then because then I don't know what they what they're doing after that. If they're just like, well, we ain't gonna do anything, we're just gonna go out here. Now you see what you're seeing on the court. So then I would have that issue. But no, as of right now, I, I'm not there. Yeah, I'm I'm not there either. I'm, I don't think it's by any stretch of the imagination time for them to to just get, completely do a 180 on what they what they've done. My thing is though. With the way things are going with Lonzo and, you know, we still don't know his timetable. I feel like he's not going to be back till after the All-Star break. But the All-Star break is after the trade de- trade deadline. I believe the trade deadline is February 9th. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I guess in my mind, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to see what this team does. And if it's still not quite lining up on the track, what type of moves do they make? Do they Do they try to move DeMar or move Vucevic um, because they're not going to be able to see Lonzo with this main group, mm-hmm. which was the whole purpose of what they did last All-Star break and through the summer with the idea of continuity being kind of the, the um, them planting their flag on continuity. So I guess that's right. where my mind state is right now. Um, what do you think, Matt? Well, yeah, like this actually feeds into a question I was going to ask, um, ask Dave here because like mm-hmm. you, you mentioned – shooting in there 
like you mentioned, you know, getting Lonzo back and maybe adding three point shooting. Is that kind of that area of need that if you weren't going to blow it up, would you consider a, a retool where you could add maybe some of those shooters at the deadline or, or is it another type of move, a defensive kind of player rim protector? Like, is there area of needs that you think you could address, you know, before at the trade deadline in February? Yeah. Shooting. That's it. Point, point blank period. I'm not worried about the defense. This, this defense is cool. Like, you know what I mean? This defense is, is solid. Um, they're just outside of being a top 10 defense. Um, they're solid. They're fine there. That offense stinks because they don't have any shooting. That's the bottom line of it. Look, when they shoot over 40%, they're 8-0. That's it. You know, like when they shoot over 40% for three, they are undefeated. They have not lost. Now, when they shoot 20-plus and under from three, they're 1-7. So that's telling you your issue right there. Like, dude, you you just need some shooting. You have to have that. You remember the game against uh, Dallas. And, again, Dallas was – didn't have Luca, didn't have Cleaver, didn't have Josh Green, all of that. My point is, you saw they. I'm just talking about the actual shooting. You saw when they were actually hitting threes, what that team can look like. They are absolutely deadly when they do that because they love to run. So if you're hitting those threes, you know what I'm saying? It translates and transitions into the defense. Guys play a little tighter on defense. Zach Levine was was playing defense that game. All right, like he had a couple steals early. A lot of deflections. I believe Caruso and Javante Green lead the league in deflections. So once they do those things and they get the ball and they're out running on these teams, plus they're hitting those threes, that's a deadly basketball team right there. Like it's, I call it death by a thousand cuts defense because it doesn't matter where it's coming from. They can hit you any kind of way and we'll get out there and run. But it doesn't matter unless you have shooting. If you have shooting, it's in today's NBA of all places, you have got to have that. Um, you can't just depend on DeMar scoring his 30-plus a game. It's why they're 2-7 and seven when he scores 30, because you don't have other shooting around you, you know what I'm saying, to supplement that, to add to that. Now, that's kind of what Zach was trying was supposed to be, but you can't put that all on him. You know what I mean? I can't put that all on him. I can't put that all on Vooch. You're going to have to have other shooters uh, around you when those guys have to take a rest. So, yeah, man, they just – need shooting they need that three-point shooting so that's why i'm waiting till the all-star break and then i'll be like okay let's run let's see what this team really is it's kind of ironic right that you know the the player who gets the attention in terms of this this is our the piece who fans want to see move is kobe white the guy who's supposed to be um yeah. one of the better shooters on the team kind of have he's struggling from the field but he's playing um yeah. Pretty good defense. I think the most inspired defense I've seen them play, just inspired, just play in general. Um, yeah. From this hustle to um, just heads up basketball, I think this is the best we've, we've seen from Kobe White. But mm-hmm. um, I saw a recent report that uh, Houston's looking to move Eric Gordon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you Is that somebody you would be interested in, Big Dave? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been thinking – Bro, like, you know, it's wild. I was talking about this literally like a week ago. Like, dude, I wonder what Eric Gordon's doing. Like, he would be awesome to be here. Like, I'm sure he's just bored down there in Houston. He don't want to be around them young boys, man. Like, he's he trying to, you know, he's like, the, he sees the, the writing on the wall. You know what I mean? The sands through the hourglass. Like, it's, you know, he's getting older. And it's time to go to a place where he, you know, can win. Now, his contract might be the issue as far as, you know, him coming here and stuff like that. But, no, for me, he feels... 
perfectly that void of what we need as far as a shooter. And like Kobe and and everybody knows I've been a big uh, proponent of Kobe White. Um, but I'm honest about Kobe. I, I never lie about it. Like, I'm not naive about none of this. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can be straight up about somebody and still be positive about it. That's what I'm straight up about. about yeah, yeah. <laughs> appreciate that. Like, like I like Kobe a lot, but straight up and down. Like, he he he's too uh, inconsistent. And his three-point shooting is sorely, sorely needed. Like, you know the role where we need you at is that three-point shooting. That last game against... Atlanta, you saw that, right? Like when he hits the half court shot, he, to that point, what was Kobe? Uh, I want to say he was two of 14 in his last three or four games in, from the three point line up to that point. Mm-hmm. So when he hit that, he's, he caught he caught that rhythm. You know what I mean? I believe, what did he go? Four, he hit four threes that game or something. And then he hits the three, you know what I'm saying? That, that was huge uh, in overtime, like colossal. And he has that cold-bloodedness in him. He really does. He's done that a lot this season, hit those cold-blooded shots uh, for the Bulls. It's just about his consistency. And I keep trying to tell people he is necessary because the Bulls don't have a real threat. They have they have guys who can shoot, but Zach Levine isn't considered a threat. You know what I mean? And and he's not to shoot a three, I mean. Um, Patrick Williams, great percentage, but he isn't considered a threat. Yeah. Kobe White is a threat. Like teams game plan for Kobe White to shooting. Like I use the analogy. I was like, it's like it's like having a gun with no bullets and not having a gun at all. You know, mm-hmm. like having a gun, even though it doesn't have any bullets, it's still a threat because you don't know what if he's got anything. If you don't have a gun at all, I know you don't have it. Like, cool. I ain't worried about you no more. Oh, snap. <laughs> he got it, ain't got no bullets in it. You don't know until somebody pulls the actual trigger. So he has he has to be that threat. Like teams have to worry about him, and that's where you get frustrated with the inconsistency. Because you know, like bro, if you just hit like two or three of these, that spreads the floor, that opens up the lanes. You know, it does all these other awesome things where Demar and Zach and Vooch and guys like that can get to you know picking and popping and moving and sticking and doing all those other things. So he's very important. I just I just need him to be more consistent. For sure. And I actually like the Eric Gordon idea. I mean, I would I would freaking welcome that in a heartbeat. Yeah. I'm looking though, like I just kind of brought up the salaries and everything, and I got the uh, the old ESPN trade machine. And <laughs> I mean, you'd have to part with one of possibly those pieces, those twenty million dollar plus guys. And we yeah, know Lonzo being hurt, that's going to be tricky. So you then naturally have to go to one of your big three, or are you going to? We do a combo of like Caruso, Pat Williams. Is that mm-hmm. even intriguing yeah. enough to get it, get the ball moving? I don't know. Like it, it might have to involve a third team or I don't know. Would you, I, I know Drew, we've brought, brought this up regarding, do you do a retool that might be that addition by subtraction? And I'll throw this out to Dave. Like, would you be willing to take one of those big three pieces to supplement the roster with, something that's more of a need or do you think that's just does that really move the needle for you that's a good question (laughs) uh i don't know if it moves the needle for me but i have to see what i'm getting in return before i can know for sure but i mean it has to be better than eric gordon right yeah exactly i was just about to say i'm not gonna do it for eric gordon like (laughs) this is this is still demar Derozan. like this is still zach levine this is still Vooch. but let me not even say zach because he's not going anywhere um, 
but you know, contract wise, you're right. I think they hold. I I think it's going to take a lot for them to move Demar Derozan. He's your best player on the team, and um, it's going to take a lot to move Vooch as well. Vooch is your best passer, honestly. He really is. And screener, <laughs> dude, all of that. Your highest IQ on the floor, your starting lineup is Nikola Vucevic. Like he's the one. Uh, which is why I want them to run the offense through him so bad. Um, but to to make that trade, yeah, you're gonna have to give me something for real, you know, some somebody real for real and somebody real serious uh, to consider that. Um, depending on how the season, rest of the season goes, you know, like if the rest of the season is going all right, it's going okay, then they don't make that move. You know what I mean? They they're gonna. Booth feels like he the kind of guy who wants to be here. Like who wants to stay here and he might take a little less money to do so. We'll see. Um, but if it's your team isn't going anywhere and they're kind of hemorrhaging and they can't get over that 500 hump or stuff like that, like then you got to look at everything because you don't want to be stuck, you know, in that mediocrity of just being an almost 500 team. You know what I mean? Like nobody in Chicago wants to watch that. Yeah. I mean, with two months, less than two months before the trade deadline it's Man, time is, time is ticking, so we'll Time's see. Ticky. We'll yeah, see. bro, you, you are <laughs> so correct. That we haven't seen a lot of because of injuries to Javante Green and Alex Caruso is that new starting five. Um, they got a chance to play against Golden State that Billy has implemented uh, with those two in addition to the big three. How do you feel about that lineup? Do you feel like that's going to be something that can stay put moving forward this season in terms of giving them their best – kind of their best five to start mm-hmm. games off with? I, I've said many, many, many times that one of the reasons I like Billy Donovan is because he's not beholden to any lineup. He'll try anything. Yeah. And I am a big Patrick Williams fan, but Patrick was struggling. And the Bulls are four games under 500. So I don't mind him struggling and coming along slow, but they got to speed it up at some point in time which is why he went to Javante Green, because he's like, yeah, I understand you're developing, bro, but we losing, and we got to win some games right now. So, no, I didn't have an issue at all with him going to Javante Green. If you're, uh, like you said, like you, they were planting their flag in continuity, well, guess what? The guy who would start it a majority of your games last season was Javante Green. That's part of your continuity. So putting him in the starting lineup, and you saw how they played when in Golden State. It, it felt it, it was like you know grandma's cooking. Like it was super familiar. It was like oh I know that smell. Nigga. That's green. Like I know yeah <laughs> I know I know what that is. Oh okay man I know what that is. You know what I mean? And so that's why they it looks so simple to them. You know what Javante is gonna do. They understood where he was gonna be and what he was going to do. They don't know that from Patrick yet where he's going to be and how he's going to react and where he's going to, what he's going to do, or is he going to dive? Is he going to go for that rebound? Is he going to take this three? They've had moments where they understood where he was and he understood where they wanted him. And it worked out wonderfully. Um, The Dallas game again. Um, But in general, like I don't mind Javante green being in there because the team looked, it looked better. Like as far as how they ran the floor, as far as, uh, the defense look like they just look hungrier. I guess that's the word I could use. No, I, I feel that. I know um, after that happened, a lot of people directed their attention toward Io in terms of saying, we know this change is not going to affect him. I was a hooper. You know, it don't matter where he he is, is put in that rotation. He's going to come in and give it everything he's got. 
were was there any worry or concern on your part that Pat's confidence might be affected? Obviously, mm. with the injuries, he's right back in the starting lineup. But um, I think Billy Donovan made it a point to say that eventually Javante Green would be right back in the starting lineup. For whatever reason, yeah. that didn't happen against Washington. Maybe oh, – I'm sorry, against um, Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. Maybe Javante has some sort of soft, you know, minutes restriction. But yeah. was there any concern on your part that that could negatively impact Pat? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I th- I think so. Um, because I don't really know his mental makeup strongly yet. Um, and that's not to his fault. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's just who he is. You know what I mean? Like, Ios we knew from Jump Street because he from here. He from the crib. We 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 know what that is. You know what I'm saying? Like, soon as you saw it, Drew, you know what it was. Like, he was like, oh yeah, you went to where? All right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you you know what I mean? You a Mustang, bro? All right, like I got you understood what his mental makeup was. You immediately knew the coach, you know what I'm saying? You immediately knew what, what he came from. So then you know, knowing his parents, you know what I'm saying, stuff like that. I you know that. Patrick Williams, you didn't know none of that about. You know, um, it was all kind of new. You're just watching the guy figure it out. I I I told my friend it was like Patrick Williams is like a a mutant that's still like learning his powers. You know what I mean? Like he don't know yet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he doesn't know his powers yet, bro. Like this dude's a freak, yo. You seen him? Like Drew, I'm sure you seen him, seen him up close. You know what I mean? Like the dude's a freak. Yeah. And you're like, come on. Like, and you're like, wow, this is incredible. And then sometimes he'll show you he can fly, but then he still doesn't. Well, can I fly this high? Can I do this far? Can I shoot these laser beams out my eye? Like he's still figuring out all the stuff that he has. And yeah, like sometimes I you're right. I did worry about him mentally uh coming out of the starting lineup, how that would affect him uh, because of what you've seen, you know, like some days you're like, yeah, he's got it. He's ready. And then other days it's like, why are you here? You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, like, do you want to be here? Do you want to play basketball? Like it'd be like that with him. So yes, to answer yes. I, I was, I had a little concern when, when he was removed uh, mentally, I had concern for him. I don't know why I love the mutant realizing his powers because <laughs> I think I've I've said this before. Like if you put a bunch of guys in a lineup and told somebody, hey, pick out which one you think is a basketball player, I think most people would point right to Patrick Williams. Yeah, exactly. The body type, the you know, the length he has. In fact, I mean, he's literally like muscle from head to toe. You look <laughs> right. at him, you're like, that guy is. Yeah. I wouldn't want to mess with him on a basketball court, but. Yeah, he could be delicate like a flower at times. Exactly. Yes, dude. Yes, man. Like I understand. I just I I don't want people to take kindness for weakness. You know what I'm saying when it comes to him, and because I you could be kind. I'm kind. You know what I'm saying. I'm very nice, bro. But ain't no chump about it. You know what I'm saying. Like I'm I'm super kind about it. You know what I mean. Like I I like being nice. It's it's me. You know it's who I am. Um, but you got to know when to turn on and when to turn off, you know what I'm saying? When it's time to play, when it's time to compete, when it's time to do those things. And I'm trying to figure out what taps, what does Patrick tap into to go to there, to go to that place? You know what I'm saying? To be like, okay, bet. Cause you hear him talk and he said it like the other day. Uh, and I'm sure you heard it too, Drew. He was like, I, I feel like before I feel like I could be a star, but now I feel like I could be a superstar. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, great. Bet that's great to hear. Wonderful. Let's do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Get on the floor. Let's do it. And then he's on the floor and, and he's timid. You know what I mean? With the jump shots. And once he starts getting bad things rolling, 
he continues to spiral. Like his shot will miss, and then he'll get an offensive foul called on him for screens, for you know, a, a, a screen and things like that. And that's one of the things I'm very I don't like at all is refs now have him on the bulletin board. You know what I mean? Like he's he's on their bulletin board, man. He gets those calls for screens all the time now, and I hate it. Um, I didn't want him to be that target, you know what I mean, for them because yeah, I just didn't need that for him. But because once those things start going bad, then he goes bad. Then then he's timid. Like the other day, bro, <laughs> when they were playing Atlanta, and I'm sitting in my house watching that game, and the ball, this was their only 24-second shot clock violation. And Patrick Williams gets the ball in the corner with like 1.5 on the clock, and he's open, and he doesn't take the shot, and he passes it off for a shot clock violation. I'm sitting there rewinding it like I'm Hubie Brown talking to my beautiful mother like she don't care anything about this. And I'm like, mom, but no, look, like he's supposed to take this shot. He's supposed to do that. He's supposed to recognize the shot clock. Like this is what Patrick is doing to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, you got to know this stuff. Like how you, how you ain't figured that? You, I, But that's their stuff because he had had a tough game shooting. He was what, 0-3 for the three-point line? He said he had a couple of offensive fouls. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't have it. You saw him the game before, just the game before, just gangbusters. You know what I mean? Like he was on fire. Those threes didn't even touch the rim. They was just all water, all of them were water. The way he was playing, man, the way he was diving to the bucket and taking the ball by himself. You know what I mean? Like he does that. So again, that's why I say he's figuring out his powers and, and stuff like that. But He's. It, I just. I want to see him put together that complete game just once. You know what I mean? Where I'm like, oh, 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 yep, yep. And not. And I'm. And I'm not talking about a role player game. I'm just talking about just give me that complete game, bro. You know what I mean? Just one time, and then I promise you, I'll leave it alone. You know what I mean? Like, bro, you can take your time, do it all like that. But I don't want to feel like I'm crazy because I know what I'm looking at. You know what I mean? I see some something there, and. Sometimes I'm like, man, am I insane? Like, maybe, maybe I'm not seeing it. And then he goes out there and crushes somebody and dunks on her. And I'm like, oh, I'm not crazy. And then he, you know, hesitates on a shot and doesn't take it. I'm like, okay, I am crazy. So, yeah, man, Tracy Williams, bro. But I'm rolling with him. I still roll with him. It's something there. And hopefully it comes to fruition soon. Imagine if the mutant was uh, had the DNA of a Jimmy Butler. That would just be freaking <laughs> oh, insane if that man. happened. Man, but, listen. <laughs> yeah. Then we'd have monster. then yes, we'd have a monster on our hands. Now, I will I want to mention somebody who and, and we have a, a few more minutes here with, with Big Dave Watson, but um there's a guy on the roster right now in, in Dale and Terry that seems to have this mm. mental makeup, and you kind of want to see, like, ooh, hey, is there is there something there? And I understand why the Bulls are bringing him along slowly, but if you were the front office and Billy Donovan, would you give him a slight increase in minutes right Ooh. now? Or are you in that camp of wanting to see him continue to get slowly rolled out and develop over time? I want to see him play. Um, listen, I'll, I'll tell you this story. So when I was in summer league uh, this year, that's a flex. Um, when I was, <laughs> when I was there, well earned. And I was um, on the floor, you know, I'm watching all the games and the Bulls are playing the Knicks. And I'm talking about they, they were getting stomped <laughs> by the Knicks. They got stomped by them. 
and Dalen Terry, he he, I think he he had an am one or it was a foul. I can't remember what happened, but during you know the free throws, Dalen Terry is snapping on the Bulls bench. Why ain't nobody talking? How come ain't nobody yelling? They talking, we can talk too. Why ain't we making no noise over here? What's up with y'all? Come on, man. And I'm like, oh, he's the one. <laughs> I'm like, I was like, that's my goon right there. That's a goon. He wasn't mad that the Bulls were losing. He was mad that they were acting like it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's, be- that's beautiful to me. You know what I mean? I was like, so that's, that's a dude who's got it ready to go. He's coming out there and he's gooned up in his mind right now. His body just has to catch up. When his body catches up, then he's going to be solid. That's why I'm looking like next year, I think he'll get more tick. But yes, to answer your question, yeah, why Why not? Like, you need stuff. <laughs> you know, you need defense. You need sparks. You need some shooting. Some you know, attitude. you need these you need things. A little attitude. Yes, yes, Drew. You need the attitude. You need the energy. You know, everybody is cool on the Bulls team. And I'm not saying that as a negative. You know, but everybody is just who they are. They're cool. Io is cool. Demar is cool. Zach is cool. Vooch is cool. Like everybody's cool. Lonzo is cool. Where's the fire? Somebody got to have some fire, man. You know, somebody got to know when to yell at somebody and somebody got to know, you know, got to get hype for him. I love watching him on the bench. You know, I love watching that dude, man. He be going insane over there. And that's what I like. I like that kind of stuff from, from my players, man. So yeah, I think his, that kind of fire you have to put out on the floor, you know what I mean? And, and see what you could get from it. Now, credit to Billy. He gave him, he gave him chances early in the season. You know what I mean? To see what he got and stuff like that. And he, you know, certain game, he looked like a rookie cause he is, but he, I think he has to get some of those opportunities, just a few. I'm not saying he's got to get 10 minutes a game and stuff like that, but I do think in certain situations, it's good to have that kind of energy just, just on the floor. And he can definitely run the floor. Like he's great at that. He's got a he's a great facilitator as well, man. Dudes can really pass that ball. If but he if he on his three-point shot, you know, he he worked on it uh in the offseason. He got a little better at it. Um, but of course, it's obviously not still there. But yeah, I still give him that chance though, when you put him out there on the floor, man, because you know, just like you said, man, that attitude, you know, that energy, somebody's going to dive on that floor and get those, you know, 50-50 balls, as Stacy says, and get those things. You you need that stuff, man. And, yeah, you need all of it. So, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't mind seeing him get more minutes at all. Yeah. All right, Big Dave, with uh, the Windy City Assassin in town for two games with the Knicks, man, you know I got I to gotta get you a – give you a Derrick Rose, kind of Derrick Rose question before we get you out of okay. here. So let me ask you this. If you could – add any former bull to this current bulls team who would it be now it has to be this player as they are today so you're not getting mvp roles if roles are your okay. choice you who this player is today so we're talking about the laurie markinens the thad youngs the jimmy butler you know those mm-hmm. those those guys those guys yeah. who are you picking to hopefully take this team to another level oh and man <laughs> You know, I know most people answer would probably be Jimmy Butler uh, immediately, but I'm, you know, I wasn't a huge Jimmy Butler fan when he was here. I was saying like that. I liked him. He mentally and all that. The dude is a beast. I get that, but he rode a lot of people the wrong way um, when he was here. He just, he really did. But 
dude is nice. Like, I'm not never take that from him. Jimmy Butler can ball. But I have DeMar DeRozan. You know, I have a mid-range dude right there already. I have Zach Levine uh, already right there. So, of course, I'm going to take my boy Lowry, man. <laughs> like, you come on back. I just told you we need shooting. Do we not need shooting? Yes, we do. Can we use a seven-foot-tall dude who can put it on the floor and pull it for the three-point line? Yes, you do. He is what you. He is what I'm talking about as a threat. Lowry was not a great shooter here at the three-point line. All they would talk about, you know, when they would talk about Lowry was his three-point shooting. That's all they would talk about. Man, Lowry can shoot. He's a good three-point shooter. I'm like, he's barely 35%, you know? But that's a threat. <laughs> that's a threat. Teams have to worry about that. And now he, I love the fact that everything kind of, you know, clicked for him in Utah. Uh, because I said when he went to Utah, you can ask Matt this. The minute he went to Utah, I said, Matt, he's going to ball. Why? Because he's home. <laughs> so, bro, he's around. He's in Finland. That's where he is right now. He is in Finland. I'm around a bunch of white people and it's cold. I am in Finland, bro. I am home. That dude is home right now. He had a story where he talked about, going to Utah for college with his dad and looking at colleges. And he said, the reason he didn't go to Utah, he said, I loved it. It was great, but it was so much like Finland. I wanted to go somewhere different. So that's why he went to Arizona. You know what I mean? But he loved Utah because that's, he know that's home. You know what I mean? He knows that place. Some people have to be comfortable when they hoop. You know what I mean? Everybody ain't Jordan. Everybody ain't Kobe. Everybody ain't Wade. Everybody ain't Bron. You know what I mean? Some people, Got to have their situations right. Andrew Wiggins is a great example. Some people just got to be comfortable before they could get it right. Patrick Williams is seeming like that kind of guy to me. You know what I mean? Lowry just needed comfort. You know what I mean? He needed to be comfortable. When he got to Utah, he got his number 23, which he always wore in college. He was super cool and calm and collected, and he let the fro out. You know what I'm saying? He let the locks out there, man, and he was just balling out of control. He is happy right now so yes i would love to have lowry back here on the bulls man and you just see where i just see exactly where he would fit in man they, oh that'd be nice it'd be nice to have lowry here drew i'm actually curious is there a former bull that you would have okay so i thought about bobby porters because we talked about okay. a team that Ooh. needs toughness defense yeah. I, w- I would that would he would fit but he's not shooting well from behind the arc this year. He's like at 30%. So my pick is Doug McDermott. 41% oh. shooting, 40% this season, about four, five attempts a game. Give me that guy. Give me old, give me Dougie McDermott. Wow. Well, C Red Fred would be proud of you, I think. Um, yes, he would. Yes, he would. <laughs> he would love that answer, though. Yes, he would. Oh man. Uh, so would Gar Foreman, I think, be proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he does fill a need. You know, it's not you're not crazy. Like that's another person that found their niche. I mean, he, he wasn't worth the capital the Bulls paid for him, but right. I mean, he fits a role for sure. I mean, that's it's not a bad answer. It's it's good. It's just I was stunned. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, <laughs> me neither. <laughs> I wasn't, yeah, me neither. it's not a bad answer he's right you're right it's the perfect need for them right now which is that Hmm. shooting definitely is that i might go like if for me i would go the stock answer of of jimmy butler just Mm because i i like the two-way player aspect of jimmy butler right and like i 
you know, Dave, you we talked about this on an episode. I remember you and Matt Peck came on. We did like a state of the the Bulls roundtable kind of discussion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think I sided with both of you. And, and I felt like we were on an island because this was around the, the time of the bubble when the Heat were in the finals. And, and mm-hmm. we were talking about how, like, hey, it's great to see the, how Jimmy Butler's doing, but it was never going to to work here. And not here. I, I feel like it's it's become a hot take now that like when you say that, like I, I feel like people forget what things were like at the time that they they traded yeah. him. But you know, honestly, I think I would take take Jimmy Butler as is now because I feel like in a pinch he also can can give you the things DeMar gives you, but with mm. that added defensive wrinkle. And I, I think yeah. he is in that that same kind of all-star stratosphere level. So I, I think I might go with with Jimmy Butler. But yeah, that's a good. I mean, again, Jimmy had to find home and it's the second he went to Miami. I was like, oh, he's home. This is perfect for Mm -hmm. him. That Pat Riley heat culture kind of mentality that fits exactly who he is. This is why he struggled in Minnesota with that mentality that they had. This is why he struggled in Philly with that mentality that they had. No, he, he is balls to the wall, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, period, point blank. He needs that. One gonna be like that here, bro. That's why he could, was rubbing everybody the wrong way. Would a Jimmy Butler push a guy like a Patrick Williams, or would it be the exact yeah. opposite effect? He would push him, but I don't know if it'll be pushing to to a good thing. Is what I'm saying. Like you damn right, he would push him. Like there's no question about it. He would be on him to push him, but I don't know how if it would be good or bad. You know what I mean? Because Jimmy will rub. Like I said, he rubs you the wrong way, and that's the great thing about the Heat culture. Him pushing it is part of the culture, so it's not like um, it's not like he's on an island out there by himself. Like he's the only voice that you hear yelling at you. No, bro, the coach is gonna be saying that to you. They got you not as Haslam, just there. You know what I'm saying? Just there. You know what I mean? He's just hanging out. He'll get a snap on you. You know what I mean? So it's their culture. It wasn't like that here. You know what I mean? In Chicago, this is why he would be dressing by himself. He wanted away from his teammates and stuff like that. Like. People forget these things. I, I don't. I, I remember them well. But it just wasn't going to work here. Like, I felt like that about Wendell. I felt like that about Gafford. I felt like that about Lowry. It just wasn't going to work here. And as soon as those guys left and I saw what situations they went to, uh, I was like, yep, this is going to work for him. Wendell especially. I remember when he went to Orlando. I was like, this is going to work. Go ahead. Go ahead, Drew. Now, I'll just follow up to what you just said. And maybe this is uh a rhetorical question but is that more of an indictment on the players or the gentleman who picked them it's more indictment on the team not having player development the they understood the talent and they get it gar foreman knows talent like i never said he didn't he him and john paxson no talent i watched paxson build a team here though like a real team through the draft they know talent they don't know how to develop it they don't know. They had no player development. How do you have zero player development on your team? They did not have that. So I, it just wasn't going to work. And guys like Wendell, they it's, it's a mental it's a mental move with him. You know what I mean? It wasn't his skill. It wasn't all that. They had the ball headed minutes with him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, hey, put on 30 extra pounds and, and don't shoot jumpers no more. What? You know what I mean? Like, what are you talking about, bro? That ain't what it's supposed to be. Hey, Gaffer, like, I know you dunking stuff, all that. Yeah, but you're going to sit on the bench. We ain't going to play you, bro. We, we need some toughness, but uh, nah, <laughs> we're not going to play you right now. 
hey, Lowry, yeah, just, you know, shoot them three. Stay out there and do that. You know what I mean? All day long. That's all I need. That's terrible coaching. They had no development. So how can it work when you're not developing and growing these players and putting them in the right mindset? Anytime you had a mutiny on your team, it's something wrong. You know what I mean? Something's going off wrong. But when Wendell went to Orlando, I was like, there's no pressure on him there. This will work. He had to leave to find out he was blind. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, he didn't even know. They didn't know he was blind. They were like, oh, you can't see. Here goes some goggles, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, put these on. This will help your game. They didn't know he was blind, fam. So that's crazy. Like, Gafford, is, I was like, all he needs is a point guard. As soon as he got Russell Westbrook, he got $20 million a year. <laughs> like, as soon as that happened. Every team needs a vertical threat. Every team needs a vertical threat, Drew. These are facts, sir. This is exactly true. And Lowry, he just needed something fresh. He needed a fresh start. And 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 he didn't need the pressure on him to be this dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, he just, he's better when it's not on him. Some people, as, as Dub said to me once, Lowry wants to be a part of winning, not the reason for it. You know what I mean? Lowry enjoys winning, but he wants teammates and stuff. In Utah, he's the man now, but he's a part of something there. You know what I mean? He's ingrained now. He's in the community. I guarantee it's going to be Lowry pop-up shops somewhere in Utah happening, man. That's his thing. So, yeah, man, saying all that to say, yeah, it's they just had no player development here. It wasn't the talent. They, they just had no idea what to do with it. I'll actually, I'm going to tack on a, a question here that I, I wasn't expecting to ask because um, okay. it just kind of just in this discussion, like, does it worry you, though, a little bit, like even with this new regime, right, with Billy Donovan here and this new brain trust, are you worried about maybe that player development issue still kind of lingering when you see this with Patrick Williams? And, you know, maybe if, you know, again, Dale and Terry still kind of new, but not kind of seeing him on the court yet. Are we a little worried? Like, could this potentially be a, a path to that? Yeah, you might be saying could. the same thing in a few years. Yeah, that's a worry. I mean, you could throw Marco in there, too. Um, yeah, you, yeah, it's, it's a worry because of those reasons, but the difference is now I know they have a player development person on their team. Like I know it, they've, they've got that person there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a concern for sure, because you want these guys to grow and you want them to get better. Um, but everybody kind of learns at their own pace, you know, and I think that's why I'm not there yet as far as being concerned about it. Because I'm looking at the pace of it. Okay, one you look at Io, who came in from day one, ready. That's to a go. good point too. Io, yeah. day one, yeah, day one, ready to go. After everybody saw him in summer league, it was like he ain't got it. <laughs> like day one, ready to go in the regular season, he was contributing to this Bulls team. Uh, Patrick Williams, his rookie season was solid, bro. Like I, I, I enjoyed watching him play. He had a bunch of flashes that I was just like, damn, this dude is nice. And then he got hurt the second year, so figuring itself out again is kind of what you're watching and seeing and stuff like that. So, yeah. So that's why I'm not worried about his development or anything yet. Um, I think Dalen Terry is, is a great response, Matt, because he's the one where I can just look at and see mentally, you know, I know where you are as far as the fire and, and all those things like that. But now it's just about you getting time and repetition and learning the game and then ins and outs and, you know, a little nuances and then putting some actual weight on. So I'm interested to see him next year because I, then I think 
that if I don't see an improvement on him next year, then I'm gonna be like, oh wait, hold on. You know what I mean? Like something's supposed to be better. You're at least supposed to be bigger. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like something's supposed to be a little bit better on you, bro. So I think that he would be a, a good um way to gauge that right there, Matt, than anything. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, I'm I'm hoping that's not the case down the road, but um you know what? I literally, this is probably the worst way with one of the most positive people. We just literally ended on like the biggest turd in the punch bowl type question, but um, we can all lean our hat. Uh, you know what? You can, you can lean your hat on. I think I owe to Cause like, that's somebody who yeah. I think you, you kind of have seen, like, I think we're seeing some progression even from year one to year two. Yeah. And that's a big, you know, Testament going into your sophomore year. Cause that's, you know, there's the sophomore slump in the NBA, and I think he's at least, you know, he's been, I think, a consistently good surprise. So it, yeah. I, I think we'll we'll take that. So, you know, what? here, let's end, the, end it with this, Dave. Okay. Tell us where the people can find you and, and all the work <laughs> at CHGO. Oh, wait, well, before you say that. Go ahead, Drew, go ahead. I, I saw that you did, uh, you wrote the takeaways from the Hawks game. I love that you, that you, that you wrote something. I, I like to see when you write, man. I know you wrote <laughs> something. It was like, it was like kind of answering the doomsday people. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember exactly when it was, but I, I'm, like I said, I'm a fan, man. Of course, we, we all recognize you from your voice and just your ad reads and, just seeing you in person on the podcast, but I mean, you can write too, man. And I, I'm glad that hey. you had a chance to do that as well. Sorry, I had to say that. I had to say that. No, no, I appreciate it, man. Like, like I told him, like, write, writing is my first love. It's the first thing I ever fell in love with was writing. I love writing. It's just for me. It's just it's just about time. I don't, I don't have a lot of it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I, I I'm busy. You know what I'm saying? Doing the show, and then I'm busy outside of the show. So it's 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 about time, and then. I guess I'm weird in the sense of something that has to hit me, you know what I mean? To me, for me to write about it. Uh, the takeaways was different. Like I had a subject, you know what I'm saying? And so this is what you write about and I could do it any way I want to do it. I was like, okay, great. You know what I mean? This is cool. And then Will is uh, out of town, you know, he's in Brazil. So shout out to him. Uh, so I'm, you know, just filling in with him. So I got, I got two more times. Uh, I'm going, I'm going to write something. So I think Friday and Sunday, after Friday's game and after Sunday's game, I'll, I'll definitely be putting pen to paper. But no, I love to write, bro. Like it's it's really the first thing I truly, truly fell in love with is is writing. So I I, I really do appreciate that, Drew. Thank you, man. No doubt. Um, you can find us at uh, find me at CHGO uh, CHGO Bulls with my guy Matt Peck uh, with Will Gottlieb and with uh, Mark K uh, in Australia. Um, Every single day we're on um, every Bulls game. We're doing a pre and post game. And then on off days, we're doing a uh, hour long podcast. We just uh, did one today with our guy, Jimmy from uh, UK Bulls, who's uh, here, you know, all the way from London and was on the show with us, man. And, and that was, that was really fun. He's having like the greatest <laughs> sports trip ever. All right. Like he is being it hooked up. <laughs> it's been awesome to kind of watch the whole like chronicling of, of yeah. all these things he's been doing the last like week or so. It's pretty amazing. It's been amazing, man. Like even ending up on the score, you know what I'm saying? Cause we're Purdue giving him rides home. Like he's he, dude, it's been crazy, Drew. Like he's been doing stuff, man. So yeah, yes. I think matter of fact, he caught up with um Matt Berkland of on tap sports, I think. I think they were they were watching the, the Hawks game together. Wow. 
Right, because he told us he was going to the Hawks game. So, yes, there it is right there. And then he'll be at the Bulls game tomorrow, and he's doing something. I'll, I'll let him tell it, but he's he's doing something pretty big uh, tomorrow, which is really, really cool what, when he told me what it is that he's doing. So y'all be on the lookout for that. Um, but, yeah, follow us there at CHGO Bulls. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Ball Sports, B-A-W-L Sports. Uh, Ball on Bulls is still going. Yes, it's still a thing for sure. Uh, we'll be doing a show this weekend um, and getting them back rolling and getting into the thick of things like that. Myself, uh, C-Dub, you can follow him at Ball Sports One. You follow me on Instagram um, at Big Dave uh, CHGO. And the other Instagram for Ball on Bulls is at Ball Sports. So, yeah, we around, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm always on there talking either music or sports, one or the other, so... Yeah. <laughs> and hey, you know what? For all of our listeners, it's okay if you need to go back and catch all of those <laughs> that you can follow Dave on. It's totally fine. He's always hustling. He's always one of the best. And one of my favorite guests to have on the Rebuildable Podcast. Dave, thank you as always for being gracious with your time and coming on the show. It's, it means a lot to have you on. Thank you. Man, I appreciate you, Matt. Appreciate you too, Drew, man. Appreciate y'all, fellas. Thank you. Yes, sir. All right, so that's big Dave Watson. I mean, he always makes you feel good. Doesn't matter. You can you can have like one of the worst days as a Bulls fan. Big Dave's gonna make you feel good. I mean, he tells you the truth, but he makes you feel good still. I mean, he's an awesome guy. I love him. Yeah, absolutely. Talk you off the ledge, kind of yeah. help you see things with a, a glass half full perspective, even when you know what you might be seeing with the eyes <laughs> wants to fool you into thinking it should be something different. So. um Pretty good time to have him on. Um, before we wrap up, Drew, again, we talked about this two game stint here with the Knicks coming up, but my question for you, because we both said they were expecting a split. What do the Bulls have to do against New York to maybe possibly go for the clean sweep and get both these games here in Chicago? Oh, man, just when a possession battle gets to the free throw line, we know they're not you know, world beaters behind the art, but you got to do the things that you can control. Force force turnovers, keep them off the offensive glass, um, and try to get easy buckets when you can to make life easier on your half-court offense, which we know um, has not looked the greatest so far this season. You couldn't have said it better, and your lips to the basketball God's ears, my friend. I hope it happens. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> You, of course, you you guys know the drill. You loyal listeners to the Rebuildable Podcast, but for some of you that are still kind of new, follow us on Twitter. I'm at mgenteel88. Drew is at look what Drew did. The podcast is at rebuild underscore a underscore bowl. You can even go to the, the TikToks at Rebuildable Pod. <laughs> we're there. Um, but we're at all, all your major streaming platforms too. So we'll be back soon. Until next time. Thanks for listening and go Bulls. Thank you for listening to the Rebuildable Podcast. Be sure to check us out and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever else you stream your podcasts.